we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Greetings, humans and aliens. We come in peace. We are Willow Truman and... I'm Sequoia Kennedy. You've stumbled into the Nonsense Bazaar, where you can find every flavor of bizarre nonsense, from magic to mind control, revelations to number stations. This is a work of nonfiction and fiction. The content is real. I am fictional. Or is it the other way around? We take no responsibility for any strange occurrences the listener may experience upon exposure to the information provided, including any dimensions you may visit or any supernatural energy invoked or manifested. (sighs) Ah. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Big exhale. So what are we going to talk about today? Oh, God. I don't know. Well, you do know. I came completely unprepared. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You little liar, you. We're going to talk a little bit about the devil. The devil, you say? The devil, who is pretty popular in the media right now. Oh, and yeah. always has been. Like, There's so many different depictions of Satan that I am thinking of right now that are just like flashing through my mind, different Satans in movies and TV shows. Oh, yeah. He's been a superstar like since the beginning. Yeah, really. <laughs> Some might say he's like the original rock star. Kind of, yeah. He's like pretty fucking metal. Oh, hell yeah. I showed you the music video before we started recording for Lil Nas X's song, Montero, parentheses, um, Call Me By Your Name. See, we're current. Yes. uh, (laughs) We are very hip to the things that are happening in pop culture. Very much so. Yes. So this music video came out recently, and there's been a lot of... Uh, interesting commentary around it specifically from like the christian evangelical community about you know this is devil worship just for anyone who hasn't seen the music video um he starts off in this garden of eden-esque setting which is very like fantasy realism kind of like a vr what would you call it atmosphere setting yeah it's yeah. got the kind of like it's not non- supposed to look real right it's got the kind of like non-definite shading and details that like is common in like vr games and applications mm-hmm. now Right. So he's in this Garden of Eden, except it's not Eden, it's Montero, which is his own version of Eden, and also his real first name. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Symbolism. Symbolism. <laughs> so he's hanging out underneath the tree of life or knowledge, whatever you want to call it. And there's also a serpent there that is played by Lil Nas X. He plays every character in this music video except for the devil himself. And he's sort of seduced by this half snake, half person that's really like creepy looking. They have a big alien head and like long nails. Yeah, definitely third eye and like a little symbol drawn also. Thick eyeliner. (laughs) Yes. Very, Very present. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say very alien. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that too. So he's like seduced by the snake, which, by the way, phallic symbol. 
So that makes sense why like he's getting seduced by a snake because oh, yeah. like he's gay. I didn't think about that until just now. Oh, it's the, the, but, the devil. And also, the you Eden. know, the parallel to the Bible, but it makes sense personally to him sort of getting, you know, can't resist the peepee. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) So he's seduced by the snake. And then, of course, like he has to be executed and he's brought to sort of this Roman Colosseum place that is has uh, six sided walls and he's killed and he starts to lift up to heaven. But instead of making it to heaven, he falls down into the depths of hell where he twerks on Satan and also kills Satan and takes off his crown and then becomes the ruler of hell himself. Yeah, he Meanwhile, crowns himself with the yeah. Satan's crown of Nod Napoleon taking the crown from the Pope and putting it on his own head. Though, right? uh, as far as I know, uh, Napoleon didn't break the Pope's neck right beforehand. That might if have only. caused even more of a stir. My Lord. Yeah, so that video has people talking about, you know, oh, these pop stars and these musicians, they're pledging their allegiance to Satan in order to secure their career. This is sort of his initiation ritual, some people might say, that he's officially coming out as a Satanist and he's doing this because now his career is going to be elevated. I don't know who's going to tell them that he's already very successful, but... uh, So that kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about today be about. I was going to do the symbolism of logos and the different symbols we see in our everyday lives and what they mean esoterically or in the occult. And that is a really huge topic that I could spend my life studying. So instead, I kind of narrowed it down. But first, I want to talk about the three different types of communication. We have spoken, like we're doing right now, gestural, which is what I'm doing with my hands. He's moving them. Yeah. (laughs) And graphic communication. So for a long time, graphic communication, I guess, would just have been uh, cave paintings or literally just what you see with your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, I mean, even just like leaving an arrow for your buddy to know which way you went in yes. the woods, down which trail or whatever. Back before, That know. would be a graphic type yeah. of communication. Carving it in the dirt. Hobo symbols. Hobo symbols. Yes. Yeah. That's politically incorrect. I don't think hobo is how they want to be referred to anymore, actually. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that to me. <laughs> so, Not that one. <laughs> symbolism is the language of the subconscious mind, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When we dream, we dream in symbols, and mm-hmm. that's how we integrate our short and long-term memories, turn them into symbols, because they're just a story that we tell ourselves. There you go. Yeah. So a symbol is an object that represents an idea. It can be something like a word, like how your name is kind of a symbol for you. Yeah. Like when I think of you know your name, for example, I think of just the sound of the name. It's like all the images associated with it, like with all the, the good times time. we've shared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or more often, a symbol is an image. So like how a red octagon to us means stop or a little looped square. It's called a Gorgon loop. It's like a square that has little loops on each corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the command key on an Apple keyboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's also in Nordic countries, it's used to represent a place of interest on a map. And then a long time ago... In Finland, they would, you know, draw it on their barns to sort of keep away bad spirits. So there's an example of a symbol that has sort of been morphed throughout time. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's like a, there's a weird similarity between all those. Especially I was thinking of like places on a map. When you hit the control key, you're, you're going to press another button that's, that's like, that's mapped to something. You're doing 
that's something true. Of, of interest. If that I, is true, it's a terrible way to explain that. But I no, think you I know get what I'm exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. I do get what you mean. And and then in terms of even control, like keeping away bad spirits, is also like you're exerting a form a of form of command. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. It, it, like it kept a yeah, little it almost sliver has of its... like a a metaphoric meaning kind of stacked onto it when yeah. it's used on the command key. So yeah, well, symbols, well, kind of simple on their face. You're like, well, it's just a square with loops on it, whatever. Right. They're a means of complex communication that often have multiple levels of meaning and can take on different meanings depending on your cultural background. The best example of that would be the swastika, obviously. That has yeah. very different meanings depending on what culture you're from. So what is the difference then between a sign and a symbol? Well, a sign shows you something. Well, a symbol is a representation of something. It's a little bit more abstract and archetypal. It's something that kind of rests in your subconscious and unconscious, uh, whereas a sign is like, bam, here, here it is. Yeah, one way I've, I've heard, I've heard like the different, like the, the idea of signs and signifiers explained. You can see this in like, I noticed this uh, when I was watching Twin Peaks season three. And David Lynch uses this a lot. If this is even like an actual thing, or I can't tell if maybe this is just something I thought of when I was like really high watching Twin Peaks and had my mind melted. But I think I think it's right. A sign is something that you've said, this means this. Like yeah. you, You've decided you that also, this means this. You have to understand it first in its particular language because a right, sign exactly. is usually like a word. Right. So like that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Like in like Whereas your, a symbol can be universal. Right. Like David Lynch uses signs a lot. And that's why a lot of his shit doesn't make sense. He kind of has his own language. Like there's things you, you he puts in his films that don't mean anything to you. It's just weird shit in there. But mm -hmm. they mean something to David Lynch. It's a sign. And sometimes there's a signifier, a thing that ties the sign to to its meaning. Whereas a symbol is, like you said, something that's just kind of universal, that yeah, is agreed upon culturally. It's very intuitive as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, say you're looking for a McDonald's, you could look for a sign with the word on it, or you yep. could just look for the golden arches, which is something that yeah. like, no matter what uh, language you speak or what country you're in if you see that symbol you know okay oh there's a mcdonald's over there right you and know. so there's like two golden arches like towering above usually everything else that's around there it not only becomes a symbol for that business but it becomes a symbol for a snack yeah. you know a, yeah, a yeah. greasy ass burger it becomes a symbol for the experience of having that you mm -hmm. know so i'm gonna tell you something that is gonna blow your mind all right after i burn i'm ready holy shit <laughs> okay excuse me so in the 1960s, McDonald's was ready to actually get rid of their very iconic golden arches. You'll notice that yeah. they, they didn't do it. No, they did not. They still have it. They built them bigger um, and better. 60 years later. And the reason they kept it is because they talked to a design consultant and psychologist, Louis Cheskin. And he was like, guys, do not change the logo. It's perfect. He was into Freudian psychology, and he told them that when you flip the McDonald's logo upside down, it looks like a big pair of mommy milkers, which is <laughs> nourishing to people. So the, the rounded M could be a symbol for boobies, and therefore they should keep it because it will remind people of boobies. That is <sighs> such a big stretch. I really... Yeah, no. But they listened, and guess what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very successful symbol. That's, but that's true. Here's what uh, Cheskin or Chestkin, haha, <laughs> get it? Because <laughs> 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 little did Cheskin know uh, in the not so far away future, 
the satanic panic would grip the nation and last from the late 70s all the way to the late 90s and pretty much is still lasting. But, it, you know, it bobs up and down every few years how intense it is. It, it lulled for a bit, but it's It'll, coming back. We're coming yeah, back. We're coming back we're full coming swing. Back. And Cheskin had no idea that even though they had a lovely symbol that made everybody think of boobies, well, rumors of Satan would still be thrown at McDonald's. Go Why? figure. Yeah. Well, Ronald McDonald had faced many enemies in his day, the Hamburglar, Grimace, <laughs> the French Fry Goblins, but now he was facing a nation of angry Christians. Apparently, <laughs> you can <laughs> leave that one in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, company owner Roy... Ray Kroc had appeared on the Phil Donahue show in May 1977, and indeed he had. That was a real appearance that he did. But somehow a rumor would spread that on the show, he revealed his allegiance to Satan and said, most of our proceeds we donate to the Church of Satan, I guess. And yep, we love the devil. Well, there's no mention of that in the official transcript of the program for that episode. But somehow this still reached a lot of ears. So I'm confused. Yeah. This like someone just started a rumor that like Ray Kroc Mm -hmm. pledged allegiance to the devil on TV. Yeah. But no, like, but no one can find the episode. Seems to me like it probably doesn't exist. You would think so. Yeah, I, would th- I, I do think you so. You would think so. Yeah. But this rumor managed to duplicate itself like a virus, like a modern day Salem witch trial by media, and attach itself to a different company and a different president. Huh. Yeah, so this same claim was thrown at Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble? Procter and fucking Gamble. So it's hard to know exactly when this rumor started and by who, but around the late 70s, early 80s, there was a rumor going around that the president of Procter and Gamble went on the Phil Donahue show. Same exact rumor. Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue, yeah. My God. And admitted that the company supported the Church of Satan and its logo contained satanic symbols. What's interesting is that the Church of Satan itself doesn't really believe in Satan. Right. So that's just, it shows that these people have no idea what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, like, uh, the Church of Satan is like, it's like a real, like, secular ass. Precisely, yeah. yeah. It's it's way more political than it is, like, actually religious and shit like so i want to share a little bit of the background of procter and gamble as we know they're one of the world's largest consumer product companies yeah like we got like dawn dish soap pampers diapers they own so many different things i was trying to remember like like how i could you know refer to them as like what kind of company they are but they're like an everything company consumer products just consumer products which is like i mean if if there's any company that like would pledge allegiance to mm-hmm. like a biblical devil if a biblical devil was real like it would be the the company that just fucking makes everything yeah right the thing that is raking in billions of dollars every year just so being so they boring. started in 1837 um at first they supplied the union army with soap and candles during the american civil war huh. yeah so that's how they started is soap and candles and then in 1880, they introduced a new product that would come to be iconic, ivory soap, which pretty yeah. much everybody knows about. Yeah. Yeah. Most they, boring of all soaps. Really. Um, but also very popular. 
They also produced and sponsored the first radio serial dramas in the 30s. And because Procter & Gamble was known for soap and detergents, these serials would become known as soap operas. So if you ever oh, wondered shit. where that term comes from, it's from them. Yeah. And they also partially sponsored and fully sponsored a lot of TV soap operas. And they still are sponsoring The Young and the Restless, which has been on air since 1973. That's an old show. That show's still show. on? Yeah. Is that the only one still on? Does anyone um, watch this show? It's the last one that they're they're sponsoring. Okay. Like they have no other remaining soap operas. Wow, I kind of love that that's still running. Yeah, me too. Like, that's pretty. It's, that's awesome. How many decades is that? Fifty fucking years of the young and the restless. Like not so young anymore, are we? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so the logo, which the current logo is literally just PNG inside like a blue yeah, yeah, circle, yeah. but it started off as just a plus sign. So the logo was huh. developed by. Wharf hands to mark star candle crate boxes from other product boxes on the deck. So because most oh, dock okay. workers at the time, this is around 1851, they couldn't read. So they started painting symbols on the boxes to help people be able to tell one shipment from the other so that yeah. they could just, you know, get what what's their companies and yeah, call yeah. it off. And a simple, easy to recognize symbol. Yeah. With. yeah. So it started off just as a plus sign. Then later that was refined to a star, you know, star candle. Right. And then the star was put into a circle and so forth. Eventually... Or in a circle, you say? Yeah. Like a pentagram in a circle? No, like... Uh, it. it. was like a crescent moon and then stars, like in oh, a, okay. on a dark background. I haven't been able to find an image of that specific logo, but oh, no. I've, I've seen the one with the addition of the moon, which came along in 1882, because that was the first time it was trademarked. I got... So... The graphic was formalized to include the addition of a man in the moon. So sort of that crescent face, crescent moon that has a face on it. It's very, you've seen it everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, like the side profile. And they added... Looking all smug and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With the big nose. Yeah. Um, they added 13 stars for the 13 American colonies. Well, actually, the face in the moon wasn't incorporated until the 30s. Up until that okay. point, it was just a plain moon. Gotcha. But the rumors didn't begin until the 1980s. Where a lot of rumors started. Yeah. So for a long time, they were just trucking along with their cute little logo. Selling soap and candles. Yeah, being very successful. No problems. Just crushing the yeah. soap and candles. And game. then this dude comes along, fucking Jim Peters. They always have that kind of name. Jim Peters. Don't trust anybody with two first names. No, definitely don't. <laughs> So I think that the presence of the whole Procter and Gamble rumor in the press, the whole Phil Donahue show yeah, espousing yeah. their allegiance to Satan, um, I think, as far as I could tell, tracing it back through media, the first printed thing was in the Minneapolis Tribune. This guy, Jim Peters, is the one that spoke about it. But first... I want to tell you about Jimmy. Um, let's hear about Jimmy. Yeah, because I think it's important to know about the guy who first put this rumor out there in the newspapers. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it would have ended up there eventually anyway, but I think uh, Jim Peters and the power behind his name at the time kind of helped to elevate it. I had never heard of him, I've but never heard of him. you're going to learn about him. All right. First, you're going to learn about his dad, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jim Peters, his dad is Leroy Peters. Leroy Peters. Or Leroy Peters, depending on how fancy you want to get. 
like Leroy. I like Leroy too. Yeah. So he was an ex-Catholic heating contractor. Who, <laughs> oh, title. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what a title. Uh, he accepted Jesus as his personal savior and was born again at age 58. Oh. Yep. And he began the Zion Christian Life Center in 1969. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had four boys, Dan, oh. Steve, Unknown, and Little Jimmy. I have to assume like Unknown died at some point because in all of the articles about the Peters brothers, I can't, who is yeah. your other brother? Who is he? Yeah, he had to have died. Or maybe he's just like estranged. Maybe. Yeah, yeah well. I don't know. Because um, he's like never mentioned except I thought it was only three brothers until I read an a interview with Steve who was like, yeah, I have four brothers, you know. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Leroy had four boys who would all grow up to be ordained by the Jesus People Fellowship in Minneapolis, and they were also associate pastors at their father's church. But it was their mom, Josephine, who inspired the family's faith. Like I said, Leroy was an ex-Catholic, so it took Josephine to kind of, you know, help him be born again. Mm. She's quoted as saying, Never let your Bible get more than five feet away from you if you want to be a good Christian. I don't know why I'm giving them Southern accents. They're from Minneapolis. Yeah, they're from Minneapolis. Uh, what is a Minneapolis accent? Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> I just boy, you can't. Don't let your Bible, don't let your Bible get more than five feet for, away from you if you want to be a good Christian. Never let your Bible get more than fucking Christ. <laughs> Oops, it's, I'm sorry, even, Jesus. I don't even know if that's like that's not that's not right either because Minneapolis is a big city. That's like mid Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, well. Minnesota. I don't know what voice I'm gonna do for Josephine, but you we'll do, you do we'll whatever voice feels right. So. Jimmy and his brothers, Dan and Steve, we don't know what unknown is doing or where he is, <laughs> but Jim, Dan and Steve were known for being anti-rock crusaders who instigated a oh record God. burning campaign called The Truth About Rock. They're no fun. They're fu they're fucking losers. They're fucking honestly. losers. Hell yeah. Like they're so lame. They did their first event on a Friday night of Thanksgiving weekend in 1979, St. Paul. So this was like they're gonna try this out for the first time. They put out their feelers, and they didn't really expect that many people to come because there's only 70 people in their congregation. So they figured, well, we'll get at least 70 people. But <clears throat> 400 Whoa. kids turned out. There was buses. They say. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> Are there but, photos of this? Um, there's a, a few photos of the events because they ran these events all around the country, actually. So, oh, wow. Um, they estimated 400 kids turning out for this first record-burning event, and they said they estimated $15,000 worth of albums were destroyed. Oh. I know. All these perfectly good records. That sucks. It really sucks, and they're so fucking lame, and I yeah. hate them. I hate, yeah. Yeah. Fuck these so, people. Feeling proud, Jim is quoted as saying, the Beatles are dead, but I know personally that Jesus is alive. Fuck you. I know. So this is from a 1980 Washington Post article titled Witness of Fire. It's kind of, uh, it's about them setting stuff on fire that motherfucker was so proud of himself when he came up with that title he is so smug god damn it so smug um so after they did this first 
burning event. They said uh, their act reminded them of Acts 19.19 in the Bible, and I'll read that for you now. All right. Uh, Quote, many of them also used curious arts, brought their books together, and burned them before all men. That's exactly what they did. Burned them before all men. Yeah. So the brothers then traveled around the country to at least 50 other churches and burned an estimated 50K worth of rock and roll. Jesus Christ. Uh, I know. They That's were also, a lot of rock and roll, man. They were giving talks in schools and churches all around America. They were actually pretty popular. And in one of the demonstrations, this is I just thought this was funny. Jim shows a slide of the cover of a Ted Nugent album and... Uh, He says, you know, the Bible says that the eyes are the window of the soul. And then he points to Ted Nugent's face and says, (laughs) look, there's no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know what? Say what you will about Ted Nugent. Like, that's a person. That's a real person. That's a real person. Yeah. Not a devil. Maybe. Me. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Maybe the most human, the human human that's ever lived, Ted Nugent. Definitely. So they started to invite the media to their sermons and kind of like drum up support at their mom's uh, suggestion because she said, you know, you guys have got to spread the word, you know. They're and acting like they have a fucking band. I know. You know what I mean? Like they're doing the rock. They're they're doing the rock and roll thing, like uh, promoting at, themselves, right? holding events. Literally, like, oh, you got to go from town to town. Literally setting stuff they're on fire. Setting too. shit on fire. That's their mom's encouraging them. Yeah, like they're just they're doing the same shit that they're burning. I know. So they were on ABC Nightline. They were on Good Morning America. They had books. They have a documentary, which is hilarious, and we should watch it, called The Truth About Rock. They they put out cassettes, and they even had bumper stickers, like who, whatever. So even though the record burnings made up a small fraction of the public appearances that the Peters brothers did, it is what made them gain such notoriety, because what's more... It's very topical for the 80s, I think, you know, to be doing these mass burnings of satanic content. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I was, I was, I was, that was a big deal back, back in the day. Definitely. I think the social and political climate was just so perfect for these dudes to propel themselves into a s- small amount of notoriety. They weren't super famous, but within their circles, they were well known. Right. And that's like that little bit of notoriety is really all you need to stroke that ego. To for it. sure. It gotta be stroked. So, um, when we're thinking about like what made these brothers the way they were, uh, here's a quote from their mom when she was asked, "Say, hey, what do you think about them burning all, mm-hmm. all this stuff? She said, sometimes mothers complain to me about the burnings. They think they're too severe. Oh Some people say it reminds them of burnings in Nazi Germany. I shouldn't say this, but when I was in high school, we thought Mr. Hitler had some pretty good ideas. Oh, my Lord. He was particularly good in the sciences. But look what happens without God. If Hitler had accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior, he wouldn't have done anything wrong. Like, you didn't even answer the question, you fucking weirdo. I'm about to go burn Minneapolis <laughs> to the fucking ground. Like, wh- no wonder her sons are so weird. Dude, like, that's fucked up, man. Like that's... That literally doesn't even answer the question. Like, yeah, I guess she's okay with it. Yeah, she's fine with it. Yeah. She's totally cool with it. Yeah. I heard that sentence, but it wasn't records they were talking about. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> weren't burning records no, then. Burning records. No. Oh, boy. I like that she calls him Mr. Hitler, too. Like, that is just. That's the only time I've ever heard him called Mr. Hitler. Mr. Hitler had some pretty good ideas. Like, and I like how she also says, I shouldn't say this. Like, no. You, you probably shouldn't. You shouldn't have said that to the Washington Post. No. You shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up as people read that, and then some people were still like, yeah. And now I'm repeating it today. That's why, you know? Well, <laughs> but now I do have audio of you, of can, you saying. Now I can clown on her. It's true. I have an audio clip of you saying Mr. Hitler had some pretty good ideas. I mean, is she wrong? Just kidding. I'm Jewish. Don't cancel me. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, all this is happening. You almost forgot we're talking about Procter and Gamble, right? I sure did. Yeah. So we're just setting the stage for Jim Peters and who he is. You know, he was 24 at the time of this happening. So they were like young men, him and his brothers. They were... Um, not really good looking, but they were like average white guys. So they're appealing enough. They had a certain Midwest charm. Definitely. There was a band from St. Paul, Minnesota called Impaler that does <laughs> like horror shock rock. Hell yeah. You know, they're all about cannibalism, satanic iconography. There's, they do a disemboweling bit in their live shows where the lead singer is like, you know, they, they grab a girl and he pulls her entrails out and eats them. And obviously the, the Peters brothers were not they weren't this. cool with that. Yeah. So frontman Bill Lindsay found out about the Peters brothers when his little brother came to him and said, yo, these guys were at my school today and like they showed your band in their slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Bill was probably like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's, he's still doing this stuff today. He's the only remaining member of the band that started in 1983 on Facebook. <laughs> he's credited as doing, um, vocals for the band, but not vocals, vocals. He spells it like V O K I. He's a fucking dweeb too. I know. I love it all. I love it all. So Bill's an edgelord. The Peters brothers are <laughs> their own type of edgelord, their own types of edgelords. And they, they had a small feud that I found really entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So once the Peters brothers and Impaler learned that they're both from the Twin Cities, obviously they had to be invited onto ABC and Twin Cities Live to debate one another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the most Which, exciting thing that happened to Twin Cities since fucking Purple Rain. Really? Really? And the debate is just... Mwah. It's like... That's good? It's so good. Hell yeah. There's some parts from it that I need to show you. Okay. For certain. All right. I think that this is going to give you a more clear idea of who the Peters brothers are and what sort of agenda they're pushing, because I think they perfectly represent the people that were proliferating these rumors about Satanism yeah, yeah. as unfounded as they were. Why were they doing this? Well, Bill Lindsay says that when they were backstage at the taping of this show, he overheard Peters brothers and also this other gentleman that was invited to talk about satanic toys. Like how, you know, toys are full of evil stuff. Uh, yeah, fun yeah. is evil. We, we know this. Fun fun in all its forms is evil. We've heard it from you for centuries. Definitely. You fucks. God so backstage, um, 
you know, Bill Lindsay's back there and he's hearing them talk about, you know, the the business logistics, how much money they're making, blah, 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 blah. And he's thinking, wow, this is really like just a business to them, huh? Like how much. And that's a question I have, too, is like, how sincere are they in their message? I think. They, they, too were they just want it to be true, whether or not it is actually true, because it's profitable for them and interesting to yeah. other people. Well, I mean, if I want to go full, like, if I want to, want to turn their game against him real quick, go full fucking occultist, they too got seduced by mammon, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's brought up in this quote-unquote debate. So, ah. so let's start it off with, here's Bill Lindsay uh, kind of clapping back at the Peters brothers and using some of their logic against him. Wait, actually, you need to be seeing this because when he says the crazed look in the eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. he lifts up his little sunglasses and does like a oh, yeah. crazy yeah, yeah, eye yeah. thing. So um, This makes for great radio, but I got to see this. Yeah, I know you do. Right. And listener, you can imagine it here. I'll describe this man to you. So Bill Lindsay at the time of this uh, recording, he's wearing a leather jacket with a little t-shirt underneath. His hair is like shoulder length and he has bangs. It's like dark blonde and he's wearing um, red plastic frame sunglasses. He looks, I don't know, kind of like a fairly nondescript 80s punky dude. Looks like a dude that well, like plays 90s, in a band. 90s punky dude oh, actually. Because this was ninety six, so okay. this is this is post uh, all the Procter and Gamble stuff. But this is this the, is way later. The Peters brothers did not let this shit go. Like yeah. they they really committed to this shit, and they finally let it go in the late nineties when they were like, well, let's. Uh, I guess we gotta tend to our families now. Yeah, <laughs> the late nineties. Yeah. That was after like West Memphis Three. That was after like mm-hmm. all the fucking all the shit had there already gone down. There was a definite resurgence of this stuff, specifically in nineteen ninety five and like nineteen ninety six. Yeah. All right. So here, gotta see him lift up all his right. sunglasses. And Mr. Lindsay, I'm sure you have a few things to say about uh, what the Peters brothers feel about rock and roll. Yeah, quite a few things actually. This fucking um, guy. Yeah, you know, you go to those record burnings, and I've seen a lot of pictures of them, you know, the kids with the craze looking at their eyes, you know, throwing <laughs> the records beautiful. on, like chanting and stuff, you know. Okay, it's now let's let like, Mr. Lindsay have his soul. It's, it's their own type of brainwashing, That's you so know, good. and I want to point out to him that here's a guy, he lived back in the early 1900s, his name was Albert Fish, and uh, <laughs> he castrated young boys and mutilated young girls, and he said God told him to do it, so maybe we should put a rating on the Bible, don't you think? Yeah. Boom. Bill right Lindsay's there. His fucking hair, his gorgeous, beautiful, flowing hair, and his he has great vibes. Sunglass. He does. I, I'm I'm so down with Bill Lindsay. He's got a good jacket. Got good shades. He's got yeah. good crazy eyes. Hell yeah. So, and I like that. Did you hear the Peters brothers try to like interrupt him? They were like crazed eyes, just like your fans. Don't your fans have crazy oh, eyes too? God. And I the like host, that, man. The host of the show was like, "All right, all right, like <laughs> let let Bill talk, okay?" <laughs> and it's funny because Bill says backstage, the host of the show, um, Bob Bruce, I believe his name is, kind of like nudged him and was like, "Hey, we're gonna let's just have fun with these guys today, okay? Oh, yeah. I think they're crazy too, but let's have fun with them." yeah (laughs) which i think is delightful actually um it's great to me that the host was kind of on bill's side because the peters brothers did pad out the audience with their supporters to kind of ask questions and some of the stuff that they say is really stupid and i like that there's even a part where um you know the host goes to talk to the audience and he kind of roasts her which is funny so let's hear (laughs) that too 
I agree with you. A lot of these videos bring across uh, uh, the workings of Satan and that are uh, things that are against Christian thinking. What do you think this woman looks like, Sequoia? Ooh, uh, 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 Satan. Real, real, like squished up towards the very center of her face. (laughs) (laughs) You're very correct. You are very correct. Um, Elliot nailed it. Take a look. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's yeah, exactly what she looks exactly like. Exactly what you yeah. think she looks like. She's like a little cotton-headed uh, older woman wearing a jean jacket and like a turtleneck underneath. Cotton yeah, <laughs> Satan, I don't... And there's nothing mellow on the t-shirts. It's nothing. blood, skeletons, just terror-type things. Do you think that people like that uh, shouldn't be able to do a video and have it on MTV and have the public see it? No, I don't think it's... Not good. You don't believe in free speech and everybody being able to say what they believe and do things in their own way in America? Well, sometimes. Sometimes? It depends. I don't think it's a sometimes proposition. I love that. I don't think it's a sometimes proposition. Like, get her ass. Yeah, no, that was good. That was that was quick. Get her and... ass. Because that's exactly like the stuff that they say, too. Yeah. Because really, if, if you want your free speech ability to hate Satan, well... I think you're going to have to allow people's free speech abilities to love Satan, too. And Satan to love them back. Yeah. Satan loves you. This is just excellent. There's also a portion in this debate where a guy mentions why he doesn't agree with E.T. This is the toy guy. Yeah. And I guess the character. And he's very coy about, like, why he doesn't like E.T. He's like, well, I have a lot of problems with E.T., but I don't think I can say on this program why. He's a communist. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Worse than that, actually. Gay communist. Yes. (laughs) Right on the money. Yeah. So E.T. is a homosexual. I'm not sure um, part of the movie he got that from. But that's also, you know, so I just I love Bill Lindsay and the host of the show kind of teaming up together. My favorite part, though, is when a member of the audience uh, asks Bill Lindsay and he thinks he's being like so clever by doing this. He's like, why do all rock and roll stars look like African bush monkeys? And then the, and then the Peters brothers laugh hysterically. Like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, so, uh. What, what what implication are you making? <laughs> he's making some... He's, that, like, African bush monkey equals, like, ugly and bad looking? Because that's kind of what it seems like. Also, they're not called bush monkeys. They're called bush babies. And Bill Lindsay doesn't look anything like a bush baby. Yeah. Like, bush I mean, babies I have think, the big, huge eyes and, like, I don't, they're the cute little... You know, I, w- I thought, like, that hit me, like, he was saying, like, some racial slurs and shit, but I, I don't actually know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And then they laugh, like, ha got him. Like, no, we didn't. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Rock and roll stars do not look like bush babies. The more I think about it, the less offended I am because I realize how how nonsense Not, yeah. it is yeah christ okay so we're gonna jump jump back in uh we took a little side break to talk about impaler a little and side break to get impaled in minneapolis to, yes just to you know further demonstrate what the peters brothers are like pieces of shit from what yeah it and what like. what their fans are like pieces of shit from what it sounds like yeah so and it also just shows that the concern about music promoting satanism like it never goes away it's not gonna go away no. <laughs> um it, you see the same stuff that's why we brought up lil nas x earlier because yeah. it's quite literally the same stuff that the 
the same ideas that the Peters brothers promoted, except now it can spread further and wider and faster with I'm the internet. I'm kind of glad some of the tension's back, though, you know, because it, it pushes it pushes the... It pushes boundaries, yeah. It, and it makes the art actually, like, try to have to be a little, a little edgy instead of just sort of innocuous, yeah. vaguely, like, corporate occult, which mm-hmm. is gross. Literally. So, yeah. Record-burning Jim Peters. Patient zero for putting the rumor into the press. Oh, God. (laughs) That Procter & Gamble promoted Satanism. And this was in an article titled, Rumor Giving Company a Devil of a Time. I know. The headlines headlines around this stuff are, they all try to do a funny little pun on, like, the devil or, like, you know. Just stop. Yeah. So he was 24 when he gave this interview, and he claimed that he found the Procter & Gamble logo in a book by a British Egyptologist, E.A. Wallace Budge, called Amulets and Superstitions. Now, I will tell you, I could find a PDF of this book online. It's a very interesting interesting book. Oh, you should send it to me. Um, I will. And I went through like all 400 pages of it painstakingly to see, well, is it in there? No. It's not in there? No, it's not fucking in there. <laughs> not in any, any single one of the 400 pages? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's like images of, you know, stars and moons and shit, but like what the, what does that have to do with... Wait, are you saying Jim Peters... Grossly and gratuitously misinterpreted an ancient symbol for his own uh, his own gain. Yeah, I can can't you believe, believe it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like, and Procter of Gamble of all companies. It's like, what the fuck do you have against? Them? What did they ever do to you? They make your soap. I know. How is Jesus going to wash your feet without the soap? It's just such an arbitrary grudge to have and so random, too. So the Minneapolis Tribune had two of their reporters also read the book cover to cover to see if they could find it. And they could not. I'm oh. very I'm grateful that they included that in this article. Right. Yeah. yeah like, because yeah. <laughs> sometimes someone will say, like, oh, I found it in this thing. And then just the mention of that is enough for some people that like, okay, it probably is true. Yeah. And they won't go and check themselves. I messed up like that once. Yeah, we all do. I I wrote about Atlantis, what Plato said about Atlantis. I just took what the dude in the video said for granted. No, 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 no. You can't do that. Like, well, I mean, he was, he, he had the quote from Plato or so I thought in there, but it's like, that's not, it's not real. Someone like corrected me very nicely and I felt like an idiot, but like, yeah, you gotta be careful. Even when, even when it's, especially when it's a, like a, a quote can be repeated a right? bunch and be found in like, all sorts of secondary sources, but not that's, the actual That's why I went source. to the book and went through it myself. Cause I was like, well, there's probably some interesting stuff in there anyway, but definitely Good. not the Procter and Gamble logo. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so in response to the rumor in this original article, which is March, 1980, um, Procter and Gamble's PR team responded. This is the kind of rumor we can't do anything about. People will believe what they want to, <laughs> yeah. which like, indeed. These are the kinds of rumors that are taken up by people who don't find reality compelling enough to accept it. Like, how are you going to argue with people that have just decided to believe in something that is obviously irrational and not proven? You know what I I, I like about that? Like, you see when when there's like controversy with companies a lot of times, they like they'll they'll fight back or they'll push. They'll they'll make Mm -hmm. the the drama more. Why? Because it's publicity. That's why. Yeah. Procter and Gamble's image is well, fucking boring. 
and they wanted to stay boring by just saying people believe what they want to believe. That's true, but they do hit back at some point. Okay, at okay. this point in the story, I'm jumping the gun again. 1980. Gotcha. These rumors have only been around for a couple of years, so okay. they're like, "This is annoying, but what can we do about it? People are going to believe what they want to believe. They're they're chill with it for the time being, but eventually, it just gets a bit." It gets stale. It gets annoying. Yeah. There is also other explanations for the Procter & Gamble logo being quote-unquote evil or dark. Um, Some people associated it with the Moonies cult, if you've heard of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Unification Church, blah, blah, blah. I guess because there's a moon in it. But it's like, hello, dummy. This was made in the 1930s. How could it be in reference to something that didn't exist until decades later unless they had a time machine? Like, not to be... Not to be rude, but I'm being rude. Eh, I think you're a lot. It's fine. <laughs> this is warranted because it's like, how could you just be so willingly stupid? You just, you know. Uh, you have to be willingly stupid. Yeah. So the rumor actually disappeared for a little bit. Like between you know, 1980, 81 was kind of mellowed out. But then in 82, uh, variations of the story were then run throughout the Midwest and spread out to the West Coast, so people were starting to hear about it again. Yeah, yeah. And in June and July of 1982, the company received 15,000 calls and letters from people who had seen these leaflets. So I guess leaflets and flyers were kind of the source of the problem this time. Yeah, mm. it was it was in some papers, but then somebody took it upon themselves to make these flyers and they were showing up in cities all over the country. You had to go through a lot of effort to do that back in the day. Yeah. Now you just... And they were mostly... These leaflets were, were addressed to all Christians. And of course, they said that Procter & Gamble, blah, 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 appeared on television, and blah, 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 blah. But there was different variations of these flyers, too. Some yeah, said yeah. Phil Donahue. Some said 60 Minutes. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't like the same organization? No, or not maybe even. maybe it was, but just like confusing the stories? That's, it. That's really and interesting. also because... This rumor resurfaced a few different times in 82 and then in 85 and then in 90 and 95. And there, of course, there's different talk shows that are popular at that time. So they almost just plugged in whatever was popular at the time. Right, right. So there's there's different. The facts keep changing for this in the flyer. That's a that's a that's a common thing. Yep. Just replace it with whatever is the like. Yeah. Because, you know, it started off as a flyer, and then in the 2000s and the 90s, it came back as a chain email. Right, exactly. You know? That's it's how just people gotten were... easier and easier yeah. to get that shit in front of people's faces. So Procter & Gamble collected letters from Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse Raphael, Oprah, several other talk show hosts, and had them post them on their websites and put out statements saying, no one from Procter & Gamble has ever appeared on our shows, much less attempted, wow. you know, to use such an appearance to spread the unholy gospel of Satanism. So they had legit statements from these talk shows saying, stop sending us letters. We're tired of hearing about it because people were sending money to the talk shows to be like, can you send me a copy of the transcript of this episode? Wow. Because um, the flyers would like cite what specific episode it was but no such episode existed right right i was just thinking like procter and gamble is like a huge company right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that work on these shows too right Mm -hmm. a lot of them are probably devout christians yeah you know they're like imagine being like your company that you've worked there for 20 years Mm -hmm. and you're like a devout christian like real devout and all of a sudden you're getting these letters from your like compatriots saying 
you're yeah. working for the devil and shit. Right? We have like, proof why like, are you must... supporting these people that support the devil? Blah, blah, blah. That sucks. I feel yeah. wicked bad for those guys. What's interesting is I found lots of things online, too, from uh, like Christian websites and Christian newsletters that said, hey, stop believing these lies. That's not very Christ-like of you. Oh, word. You know? Um, so there is... Uh, a side to it where Christian and evangelicals said, um, this doesn't look good for us. Yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. stop spreading this around. This is obviously a lie and you're making us all look bad. So Procter and Gamble also collected an array of letters from religious leaders like uh, the Archbishop of Cincinnati, Billy Graham, Jerry Falwell, and a bunch of others. Pretty much any anyone who's popular in a major city, they said, can you please tell your parishioners that uh we're not evil (laughs) and they said okay all right um so procter and gamble has these religious leaders put together letters saying hey followers um like they're fine please stop but that actually just reinforced people's belief because then they said you know Oh my God, they're in on it too. Instead of people trusting the leaders, they twisted it and thought, okay, well, they're they're part of it. My God. Which is so interesting to me. I mean, like, yeah, I you're, know Billy Graham's the devil. I know Jerry Fowler's the fucking devil. Right. You're not supposed to know that. Like, that's and your even boy. Procter and Gamble might be the devil too, you know? I, oh, I certainly. Think all yeah. giant corporations are demonic in my definition of what is demonic but these people are just focusing on the wrong the wrong reasons yeah um the wrong facts there are no facts there are no facts yeah and trying to present you know a dossier of here's letters from the talk shows here's letters from religious leaders that doesn't work because you're trying to apply facts and reasons to people who are not interested in either of those things yeah and we'll talk about we can discuss more why that is later why people would willfully believe something that is obviously unbelievable because i don't think that they fully believe it either i think that they're just going along with the lie the lie feels good. It the feels good feels to good. have a That's, crusade. Yep. Like, and I don't even know if they like, they've never actually thought critically about it. It's just that the, the sensation that the living that life gives them is mm-hmm. enough to just keep pulling it. Makes you more righteous when you're battling against oh, a God. problem, whether and or not that problem is imaginary or not. There really is no better feeling in the world than righteous indignation. Yeah. Like it really, like that, that'll get you fired up, man. So... Procter and Gamble had to establish a whole different toll-free number to handle all the calls that they were getting. They hired two investigative agencies to trace the rumors, and they were filing lawsuits against a number of people caught spreading the rumor. They were really trying to figure out, like, uh, who's spreading this and then make an example out of those people. This was huge. Yeah. This is huge, huge. And the people that they were filing lawsuits against were just like regular ass people like an elderly atlanta weatherman named guy sharp you can like go see videos of him online he's a cutie i've heard heard that that name really yeah somehow i don't know he maybe um, not but i I feel like guy sharp's a it sounds that's a hell of a name it's a hell of a name but he's just like the most average little you know he has glasses and he's like and now the weather he's cute (laughs) but um they made him read a statement on air like i'm sorry for for doing that um and also a woman named elma ed pruitt of clovis new mexico oh of course of course they went after elma like fucking (sighs) they didn't yeah they didn't go after like the 
the people distributing, making the flyers and shit. Well, how can you even know who they are? Right, of course. So instead they went after anyone else who uh, distributed the information further that they could track down. So they also sued, this one makes me kind of pissed off at Procter & Gamble. All right. The editor of a mobile home community's newsletter who printed the story as a joke when Uh. he saw the flyer and just thought it would be amusing and assumed nobody would take it seriously. He printed it in the little community newsletter and thought, wow, everybody will get a kick out of this. They fucking sued him, too. That sucks, because that dude, that dude's the only cool guy we've talked about so far. Uh, so, and Elma, by the way, she was a part-time distributor for the Amway Corporation. You know, the multi-level uh, marketing yes, pyramid yes. scheme. That is not the first time we're going to hear, or the last time we're going to hear about Amway. Okay. In this story. All right. <laughs> Things actually were getting so bad that attorney generals in some states had to issue press releases to the media stating, no, nobody at Procter & Gamble has sold their souls to the devil. Like, how fucking funny is that? That's ridiculous. I know, but they were not going to back down. Even though it was costing their company money to counteract the, the rumors and probably costing a little bit of money from the lost business, um, but really, who cares? Yeah. They refused to change their logo. They were like, no, no, no. We're going to keep it. We didn't do anything wrong. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, they actually did back down. Well, well. <laughs> In 1995, they settled for the simple PNG logo because I think they were fucking sick of being in court with Amway distributors, of yeah. all people. So James okay. Johnson, uh, Procter & Gamble Senior Vice President and General Counsel, um, This is in 1995. He said, we've been fighting this outrageous rumor for over 15 years. And throughout that time, people associated with Amway have played a big role. Over the years, we've had numerous incidents beyond this lawsuit linking the spread of the rumor to Amway distributors. Nearly half of the lawsuits we have filed in connection with this rumor have involved Amway distributors. hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. So... In 1990, and then again in 1995, Amway distributors were caught using Amway's voicemail system, I think it's called Amvox, to send messages to consumers stating Procter & Gamble profits supported the Church of Satan. So thinking about, like, why why could that be? Well, Amway distributors are usually, I don't know, like, housewives or couples that are older, usually church-going. A lot of their distributors um, are Christian. Yeah. So, you know... Most people in the 90s, when they heard about Procter & Gamble being evil, it was their pastors who told them about it, interestingly enough. So to me, it makes sense why there might be a disproportionate amount of Amway distributors um, pushing this information. But also, it means that, oh, are you going to miss that ivory soap? You should buy my Amway soap. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, like, what the levels of, like, competition were between Procter and Gamble and Amway yeah. at the time. So in 1998, Amway filed a retaliatory lawsuit against Procter and Gamble, which is very fun to read. And they kind of put forward the idea that, well, Procter and Gamble hatched a plan to make Amway the scapegoat for the Satanism rumor, you know? Yeah. They've been unable to put the rumor to rest for 15 years, so they're just deflecting attention away from their inability to squelch the rumor by resorting to a negative publicity campaign against Amway. 
aha. And like, okay, maybe a little bit, but I, I think they really just want people to stop talking about it. So yeah, they're gonna, uh, the thing is, and also like crazy, crazy bullshit happens in the world of like corporate espionage and corporate fucking competition really? like really i could totally I mean, who, see someone hatching that plan and then who would have started this rumor to begin with but somebody who's driven by money why was this rumor started about mcdonald's like right. it's definitely i think rumors like this start by people who want to make more money and yeah. beat their competition down because why else i mean it's so random yeah i mean and, and especially you'd have to like whoever started knew they were fucking bullshit right and they got it from something that they knew was bullshit yeah you know what i mean because they, so, they got it from the mcdonald's shit even though even though amway is a soul-sucking evil pyramid scheme oh yeah they didn't start the rumor you know and it wasn't amway distributors who dug up the old rumors in the 90s again you know they had gone away for a little bit and then there was this re-emergence in 1990 sure it wasn't um, amway i'm pretty certain All because right. I don't trust they me. they weren't spreading the rumor they were just i mean they were spreading the rumor but they didn't come up with it okay if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. because the flyers were being circulated again and there's lots of <laughs> newspaper articles about finding these flyers all around the country so who's doing this it's hard Who to know it but it's probably i mean could it be a rogue network of people against procter and gamble spreading these flyers it just be what crazy people did before they could. Yeah, they're just bored. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So it's hard to really know how these flyers were being circulated yet again. But Christians specifically were very gripped by the claims and started copying and distributing the flyers themselves amongst their churches. So, like I said earlier, most people in the 1990s who heard about this rumor um, probably heard about it from their pastors, deacons, or ministers. <clears throat> if you can believe that, believe that. <laughs> which I can totally believe. So in an article titled, this is a stupid title too. Got another Proctor one. Gamble's devil of a problem. I'm, I'm going home. Yeah, I'm done. They're devil of a problem from 1991. A reverend in Maryland named Jay Hurley was totally bought into the rumors. So in this article, um, he's talking about, you know, I won't buy white cloud toilet paper. I won't buy Folgers coffee because I don't know. It has like the sun in the logo or something. I won't buy Procter. They're all Procter and Gamble products, but I like that this article specifically lists ones whose logos have to do with the sky. Right. I mean, Folgers has a mountain too, but still it's yeah. like a cloud, a sun, a stars, moon. Yeah. It definitely so, has to be satanic. Right. So Reverend Hurley, he was given a copy of a flyer by a friend and being, you know, the Jesus loving man that he was, he thought, I have to show my congregation this. So he made copies, hung one on their bulletin board and showed everybody. And, you know, this was devastating to poor George Snyder, the deacon at the Greenbrier Baptist Church where Jay Hurley was the reverend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, it hurt last week when he stopped off at 7-Eleven and had to pick out a new brand of soap. Oh, I know. Soap. He said, I was born and raised on ivory soap. See, oh. I have sensitive skin. It was a slap on the face when that gentleman was preaching devil worship and said there weren't enough Christians to make a difference. We are Christians and we 
can make a difference. So that's part of the the claim that was made on the show is that the president of Procter and Gamble said, ha, 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 "There's no, there's not enough Christians to even make a difference. So I'll do what I want." Oh. Yeah, I know. I am. I'm feeling so, all sorts of ways right now. So um, the journalist then asks Mr. S- Snyder, who is, I hope his sensitive skin was okay. They say. <laughs> it wasn't. They say, Mr. Snyder, what if, what if I told you that there's actually no evidence for any of these claims? You know, the talk shows have said, no, this didn't happen. And there is no record of this happening. And he said, well, I'd have to hear it from my pastor myself to believe it. Oh, boy. Which, so that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. Like, you just, you're not going to be convinced because they heard it from a trusted source, which is, you know, you look up to your pastor, your minister. So if that's the person telling you that this stuff is true, uh, and they don't then say, I'm sorry, it, it wasn't true. I spread a rumor. What do you do? You just have people kind of blindly trusting their faith, which is the whole problem to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's all, yeah, they're not thinking critically. They're not, well, they're not trusting themselves. You mm-hmm. know, it's not even about like trusting like the media or like authority figures or whatever. It's like trusting your own fucking like basic, basic critical thinking skills. Yeah. Poor fucks. I feel I feel bad for him, honestly, like, even though they're a huge problem. Truly. So Procter & Gamble sued in 1990, then again, 1995, and that lawsuit would take until 2007 to finish. So I know. Oh, my God. But they they finally won their civil suit against the Amway distributors and seemingly put an end to the rumor. Oh, good. Uh, well, in 2013, they announced the return of sort of a moonlight crescent in the logo. It's still the plain circle with PNG in the middle, but they did add like a bevel to it to kind of add in like the yeah, crescent yeah. shape. So they just kind of like creaking yeah, open the door a little bit. Just, just peeking. Is it okay to come out? With What's interesting mm-hmm. is there are people that still believe the rumor. I because <laughs> I looked up some YouTube videos to see has does that, has anyone has anyone made any stupid videos about this? There's a couple videos, but what they are is just slideshows of the information from the Snopes article about it, mm. which seem almost like they were made by a bot. Um, and then there's yeah, a bunch probably. of comments underneath of people who claim that uh, they saw the episode, so it must be real. They saw it with their own eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like there was one person that said, "This is not a." myth both episodes used to be posted on youtube they were removed i am 42 i saw both episodes many times and shared them many times get a clue i'm a descendant of john adams and also ethan allen green mountain boys are rising again your lies will be revealed and remembered the satanic church is real who are the green mountain boys uh green mountain boys were um, there was a, there was a fucking revolutionary war. Well, they're going to rise again. Go. So yeah, be Vermont. prepared. Um, that, but that's also like what the, uh, the, the, the air force, um, squadron or whatever that's up in Burlington around there is. So they go by the green mountain boys or some shit okay. from some, from some war. Well, they're going to rise some again. Some Vermonters so did some cool shit. Are you I ready? Guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. And also, There's... also on this video kind of, um, trying to refute the Procter and Gamble. I just want to point logo out. Logo thing. How? How many fucking lies were just in that one comment, though? I'm a descendant of John Adams and Ethan Allen. Yeah. 
just like he's shared the video as many times, like all this shit. But like then he obviously just, you didn't. Right. It, you're just you're just fucking lying. And then he just ends it with a actually completely true statement. The which, satanic church is real. Yeah, that's like, that's hundred yes. percent true. Yes, like, that's Kevin a, Bunk. That's a that's a I'll true say sentence. Say your fucking name, <laughs> Kevin Bunk. We're coming for you. I'm, I'm not going anywhere near him. I'm a Green Mountain girl. Okay. And someone else says on the same video. Uh, they say, this is disinfo. My memory is intact. I know what you are and who you work for. <laughs> oh my. Like, okay. Um, but you, the episode's not, I don't know. It just amazes me how many people claim to have seen it on the internet still today. You would think that like 40 years later, maybe we could get over it. Yeah, but, straight up. Yeah, so I found some other comments that I thought were funny. One person said, this pisses me off. I couldn't eat Pringles for a year because my mom fell for this bullshit. The worst part is I just sent this link to my mom and she doesn't even remember. Oh. <laughs> no Pringles for no a year. No Pringles for a fucking year. And someone else, someone else said, I remember my mom and grandma freaking out over this in the 80s, showing me the mark of the beast on the packaging of laundry detergent. Oh, my God. I didn't get how it was the devil exactly, but I do remember fearing Procter & Gamble until I got older and figured out what <laughs> bullshit it was. So, like, yeah, there's wow. people, you know, <laughs> that, yeah, that's that the remember shit. their parents even telling them about right, this. Right, like, that's, that's the shit I, I often forget is that, like, it's not just these, these, these assholes. It's these assholes and their poor fucking kids. Yeah. Not getting eat chips. So like, why? And laundry detergent shoved in their face. Why did this even happen to begin with? Well, yeah. I think I think money was one motive for those who first created and began to spread the rumor because that's that's the easiest case to make because celebrity. Yeah, and with celebrity greed, comes money. Greed is uncomplicated, but so then what about the others? Those who pretend to believe this rumor and enthusiastically spread it to others without any financial benefit, like um. I think the spreading of the rumor is less of an attempt to, like, actively deceive others and more of an invitation to participate in deception. Because I think these people really know that it's not... Deep down, they know this is probably not true. But it's fun to opt into it and everyone together just kind of believe in this collective deception. No, I... You know, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it's, like... I think they may actually fucking believe it. I do think there are people that definitely believe it. Like, it, but the thing is, it, the, the thing is just like the, in that one comment said like, oh, my mom doesn't even remember. Right. That thing. It's not the same people that believe it. Mm -hmm. They go in and then they stop caring. It's not that they get convinced. Yeah. Otherwise, they just stop fucking caring. Other people then hear it and then they believe in it for a little while until they mm -hmm. either stop caring or they go, oh, that's kind of silly, I guess. Right. And uh, yeah. It's almost like the rumor itself is almost an invitation. It's like, do you do you want to choose to accept this? Do you right. want to make your life feel more purposeful and feel like you have, you're participating in a grand battle against uh, Satan and the Luciferian elites? Yeah, I mean, of course I do. I, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun, and it sounds like it might make things make a little bit more sense. Right. You know? So, to me, I think the people that spread around this rumor and opt into it, it's because stuff like this, it, it gives them someone that you can clearly and in their opinion correctly say, oh, I'm, I'm better than them. Yeah. You know, their cruelty 
makes me feel better about myself because I know I would never do what they're doing. Because when people talk about Satanism, what they're really talking about is, you know, like baby killing Satan worshipers and blah, 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 you know, like all that really gritty, dark stuff. So when you kind of uh, have this pretty innocent symbol, just stars and moons, and say this is a signpost of depravity, you know, it kind of, you can fall asleep easier and feel better about yourself knowing, oh, I'm not as bad as them. Um, and then that makes you feel more good. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And, and then you can still do the horrible shit that you do on a daily basis. Yes, it and makes you feel like you're making a big difference because you're contrasting yourself with someone that is so evil and so depraved that you're like, well, my sins are forgivable then. I can yeah, feel better about myself. So you're slapping your kid around. You're fucking being a dickhead to the person who serves you that mcdonald's food and shit you're just you're, you're being a son of a bitch but you're but you're not pure evil you're one yes. of the good guys because that's what pure evil is but like that's not real ah, you're actually the piece of shit in the world what's what's the interesting fuck? is that the point of this whole story is like it doesn't even really matter like the whole satan thing doesn't really matter because right. this, the story itself isn't so much to do with um like actual religion or satanism or any doctrines that Anton LaVey said or any other publicity or seeking that character. Jesus said. Yeah. And like this story actually isn't about that. It's about yeah. how people kind of they need a group first of all to perpetuate this I was going to say crazy belief and that is kind of that is what it is. Yeah, it's like, it's, a, it's like a pathological like tribalism that you see in a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of places. It's just about this idea of an enduring boogeyman, which is yeah. Satan, because we all need something to contrast ourselves with. So yeah. this um, dualistic battle that man is always fighting, good and evil. You know, something has really locked us into that mindset. And I don't even fully agree with dualism. I think that, you know, there, there's a lot more than good versus evil. It's a lot more nuanced than that. For sure, for sure. But it's easier if that is so. Well, I mean, so the, the thing about Procter & Gamble, though, it makes, like... All right, so bear with me for a second. Like, within a lot of, you know, strains of spirituality, religions, mysticism, a lot of, like, you know, both, like, proto-Christian beliefs, like Gnosticism and shit, and then also you know, modern kind of fundamentalist uh, Christianity, there's a lot of rejection of the material world. You see that in tons yeah. of mysticism, mystic traditions. Yeah, it's like we're just trying to get this lifetime over with so we can go up and be with our savior. Right, and like even the idea of like the dualistic idea of the dark, the, the, the evil force is the side of God that creates the material world, the mm -hmm. builder thing. And right. like Procter Especially and Gamble. Gnosticism, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like... Uh, like we it, are in hell is right it, now. Is it? Oh yeah, the, uh, Zoroastrianism is like Ahura Mazda and Ahriman, and uh, yeah, Gnosticism has the demiurge. Um, yeah, the fucking lion-headed snake. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> He's it's so, so cute. goddamn cool. He's so little cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hmm, yeah. are you having fun on my little hell planet? I am, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so you get like this company, Procter and Gamble, which just makes all the boring shit. Just like all the shit that is the trappings of the material right? world. It should be like, so boring, but it's not. But they're kind of they they would be like the company that represents like Aramon, like or uh, you know mm -hmm. the demiurge, like that's the the builder of the false reality that yes. we're all trying to. So like, it kind of makes theoretical sense from yes. there. Like from that point, like it makes sense why it would be Procter and Gamble. 
Poor bastards. No, I agree because they're just so um, innocuous, I guess. Like, it's just something that there's probably a bajillion Procter & Gamble uh, products in your house and you don't even think about it. Oh, and here's the thing, like, they were and probably still are fucking evil, wrecking the planet, Uh uh, selling us shit we don't need, stealing our time, therefore stealing our time from us, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, so fuck them, too, because they, they definitely did yeah, make no, deal with some Procter sort of devil. Yeah, no, fuck and Gamble and fuck the Peters brothers. Like. And fuck the Peters brothers. <laughs> Not Bill Lindsay, though. No, Bill he's okay. Bill a fucking cool he's okay. dude. I watched some, like, some live performances of um impaler too yeah, yeah. and like it's fun stuff you know it's not the type of music that i'm super into but yeah, yeah. i think it's it's cute you can tell that he really loves horror movies which yeah. i respect and you know th- those are kind of classics in a way themselves like it's not it's not evil to enjoy or i don't think no 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 absolutely not it's just like he fills a vacuum that needs to be filled just as the peters brothers are self-righteous you know they they think that they're gonna stand up for jesus and spread the good word and that they're doing good there needs to be someone like bill Lindsay who spreads you know chaos and mayhem and yeah. violence well yeah dude because it's the thing is the people that do the horrible shit it's not the ones who make art about doing the horrible shit it's the guys no. in the buttoned-up shirts smiling at you to get your mail and then trying mm-hmm. to be a fucking serial killer or or or, or fucking a pope, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, some yeah. Some of them turn out to be a fucking pope, and that's terrifying. Like, it's it's the so-called good people, usually, always. It's, the you know, the artists that are, like, making weird art and shit, they're, that's exorcism. That's the exercising of those demons that are, like, sort of inherently built into humans you know our aggression our our anger our sadness our rage like those are the demons and that's what you know that are exercises it's they're powerful symbols for the human experience because the human experience isn't all love and light there are very dark aspects to humanity and if you try to pretend it is you're gonna lose your goddamn mind yeah those need to be acknowledged and honored and explored in order for us to like reconcile the truth of them and to sort of break these patterns because we, we can see right now these patterns are not being broken we're still repeating the same stuff and i think we we will for a long time yeah. i'm personally i'm just observing it for my own amusement but opting out of having an opinion oh yeah because <laughs> that's that's what gives me peace but i think um the proctor and gamble story is just a great example of how these myths kind of begin and warp and the media does this telephone game that can get like kind of out of control, you know? Yeah. I'm sure Procter and Gamble didn't expect that they'd have to be hiring lawyers to sit in a courtroom until 2007 over this rumor that popped up in 1978. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that like now you have, you know, not just little Nas X, but a lot of artists just fully embracing like straight up occult imagery and Mm -hmm. shit. Whereas before the Procter and Gamble logo got, Oh, that might be a cult. Now you've got this motherfucker twerking on the devil and shit. And like, including like the universal hexagram in his video and like the Leviathan cross, like obvious an obvious rejection of Christianity, which is on purpose. And I think that's okay for art to do that. I think it's, necessary for yeah to do that. definitely wow. like okay if you don't want to support his music you don't want your kids listening to it then like don't no one is forcing you to not yet 
Not yet. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Until the devil straps you down and says, okay, <laughs> you're going to watch MTV's top 15. That's also part of where this came from, because if you remember, I wasn't alive then, neither were you. But MTV, I believe, started um, when in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of this like moral panic over music was kind of spurred on by all of these sexy music videos and MTV being on the air. 1981, that's when they launched. Word. I mean, the shit that's hilarious, though, is that like you know, there is like a direct line between like 80s rock and roll to fucking Crowley and shit. Yeah. Like, there's on, a direct line. Yeah. It's like they're not wrong. The, the like the, mm-hmm. the Peter's probably saying shit like it's just they're you're, not you're wrong. attacking the wrong people. Like but if like, you if you want right. to go after evil, there's better yeah. people to go after than uh, Gene Simmons. Yeah, shit ain't evil just because it look, looks spooky or mm-hmm. in Gene Simmons' case, goofy as shit. Ah. Oh. So I've had a lot of fun talking about this. I thank thank you for bringing this in. I, there's some shit I had no idea about, and that you're was really welcome. entertaining. Yeah, I um. I had so much fun looking into it, too. Like, I know you did. You were saying so. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, Jim Peters, what a square. Yeah. What an unbelievable square. He's so square. It's not hip to be as square as he is. Not a cube, though, because those are evil. Those are a symbol of Saturn. Oh, right. Yeah. But he is a square. He's a pear. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Um We'll be back next week with something else. I'm not sure what that that'll be yet, but we'll find out. Yeah, if we'll you, find out a week from now. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate and review us, subscribe, listen where all your wherever podcasts are sold for free. Mm-hmm. It's free, and make sure to tell everyone that we are evil Satanists promoting um, the agenda of Lucifer because I th- I think that will get us more listens. So definitely don't do that. My real name's on here. I, I, <laughs> no. Yeah. Grandma will be mad if she hears about that. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, peace Take out. Take care. Peace out. Be well. Yeah.